Bienvenido a Roll Call. Bienvenido a Roll Call. Me llamo Raúl. Me llamo Adam. Es Julia. Me llamo Adam. Y tú te llamas Adam. <laughs> Se llaman Adam. What's up? Welcome What's up, to Roll Call. Welcome to Roll Call. Saw The Irishman last night. It's quite a film, man. It's uh, three and a half hours. I'm not... Hey, when I hear of a film being that long by a director I like, I get very excited. It's very good, man. I mean, it's it's extremely well acted. Pesci's incredible. Pacino's incredible. De Niro's on fire. Pesci actually should win, I think. I'm not going to call it right now, but I am that Pesci's going to get nominated. He'll get nominated. Pitt will win. But the thing is, will Pesci get nominated because when he, when he won for Goodfellas, you remember that whole thing, right? I remember him winning. Yeah. He just got up there and just went, thank you, and walked off stage. <laughs> I, don't, I think he's nervous. Dude, it is, a bad, it is such a great moment. Um, but it must have like pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, from what I hear, he's just he's kind of shy. He's phenomenal in this, man. And he's not doing the, the, not to spoil anything, but he's not doing the Joe Pesci thing. Yeah, but you know, he even did different stuff. He did something different in Casino than he did in Goodfellas. At least with his his voice. It was you more know, Chicago. Goodfellas, it's hey, you, 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 freaking guy, you. I ought to, how am I funny? And then in uh, in Casino, he kind of changes it up. To more, more fucking Chicago. He's got like, like kind of a, of a Chicago thing yeah. going on. <laughs> it's taking the cards. Pound that up your ass. <laughs> Take this, take this uh, card and pound it up your ass. It's so funny. He's so funny, naturally com comedic. Basically. But he's also really intimidating. You know, growing up, the, sh the, the shorter dudes were the fiercest. They fought the hardest. They would not stop coming at you. I grew up in Miami. I saw this shit a lot. Nice. Even, you know, when, when I would get into it, like the short dudes, if they wanted to fight me, I would run because like they won't stop, man. And like, it doesn't matter if you hit them, they're going to hit you twice yeah. as hard. It's like good fellas. You bring a knife, he's going to bring a gun. That's untouchable. No, that's the Chicago. <laughs> that's, Chicago. that's no. Yeah. But that's, so that's, you're talking about Sean Connery. Right? That's, that's the Chicago way. And that's how you get Capone. Sure. You want to get Capone, right? Why the Mashashka? Yeah. <laughs> Our sh yeah. showrunner protests. Louis, stop, stop trying to do your Sean Connery impression. Yours is not better than ours. It's pretty tight, dude. Actually, maybe it is mine. That it's was Last Crusade. Good. Junior, <laughs> we named the dog Indiana. <laughs> Got lost in his own museum. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Sean Connery made... Uh, Louis Bark for some reason, but I was not. I was not talking about Sean Connery. I'm talking about the the scene where Frank Henry Henry Hill is talking about Joe Pesci's character, and he's like, "This guy, if you brought a gun, he would bring a knife. If you brought a, I know you shot about, him. Yeah. You better pray he was dead because." Maybe I'm thinking of Reservoir Dogs. Now, you shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. <laughs> no, I know which thing you're talking about. <clears throat> you know who is in uh, The Irishman is, um, plays Al Pacino's wife from Goodfellas. This is, she's most, mostly remembered for that one scene when she's like, Never he's like fly it's time to go. One. She's like, oh, I don't fly without my hat. And he's like, what the fuck are you going to do? She doesn't fly without her hat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah no. She's good. She's, She's really good. good. The thing about it is it's technically, I mean, it's not technically, it's an, it came out in 90. I still think of it as an eighties movie. Cause I still think of the nineties as the eighties. The thing about it, man, it's perfect. I mean, the movie is flawless, but it's timeless. There's, I, I go back and I watch and you too. I mean, a lot of eighties films and even some of the more brilliant ones are, I, I don't want to say spoiled, but mannered by score, certain choices that are dated. And there's nothing dated about Goodfellas. I mean, there's it could have come out yesterday, and it would it would it would seem like it had. 
No, I mean, it's period too. So it's not, it's making it a different time. And it's so um, specifically Scorsese. Yeah. His style. His style is what's used uh, by others today, not directly, you know, either directly ripped off or there's a real influence there. So that DP was sick. Michael Bellhaus. Mm. He was, what else did he do for? He was uh, Reiner Werner Fassbender's DP. I know that. Man, he was a real prolific guy. 41 films in what, nine years? Yeah. How do you do that? I want to know well i mean he died at 38 yeah a lot of cocaine yes. <laughs> he was doing but that's not that doesn't work because that didn't work for other people well it didn't work for him because he died when he was i don't understand how people do anything on that drug yeah no, that's besides lie profusely bad. yeah that's that's no good that's not the way to do it but man made some good films Today we have Marguerite Moreau. <laughs> uh, awesome actor, known for The Mighty Ducks, Wet Hot American Summer, uh, Queen of the Damned. Helter Skelter. Very cool movies. Very cool movies from the 90s, early 2000s, 2000s. Um, Part of why I love doing this show, as I've mentioned before, is getting the chance to go back and see films everyone's seen the mighty ducks i had never seen the mighty ducks i love that movie i love all those kinds of, i love those sports movies man yeah you know i don't i like i know what's going to happen it follows the same formula i don't give a shit no, i love them that's it's the same reason i love every rocky movie yeah I, it's supposed to follow the formula yeah yeah marguerite moreau has been in so many great movies so awesome to have her here and we're going to get to talk to her about several films she's been in her experience on those movies um yeah it was really great talking to her so i hope everyone enjoys the uh interview with marguerite moreau i've studied a couple different places but i studied with an actress named carrie keen uh, up in the noho studios up by um in north hollywood for like 10 years i kind of wanted to change my swing as mm. it were because i started as a kid I had a lot of bad habits and I just didn't have any joy in my work. And so I just started studying to try to come at it from a different approach so I could have more fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're supposed to have fun in this job. Did you do a lot of theater at, at any point? In and when career? I was in school, I went to Vassar because oh, cool. um, I kind of felt like I needed to make sure I wanted to do acting as an adult. Because I kind of, you know, as a kid, you're like, heck yeah, yeah. this sounds great. Yeah. But I had no idea, you know, about long-term perspective. I wanted to make sure I didn't want to do something else. And that was the first time I, I mean, like everything I auditioned for, I auditioned for anything and I got cast in all of it. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> usually you audition, 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 and occasionally pick up some work. Um, and it was like the first time I got to uh, like work with people my own age, but also like it was free and you just like rolled around and made things and it just wasn't business and it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I did that all through college, but also got my degree in political science. And I could tell by my senior year when I was like running out of my policy classes with like braids and whatever my, you know, seashells tied to my armpit hair. I don't know what it was. And you were just like, <laughs> I just, I think I know what I want to do. Politics, you have to really sell your soul in a way that I don't think I can handle. Acting is for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one step less. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's like acting is changing into someone else to be truthful. Mm -hmm. And politics is like being Compromise. yourself, but pretending <laughs> like, you know, politicians can't really be, can't just let it all hang out. No. You have to like no. become an artificial version of yourself to be a politician in a way and that's so. like exactly what i was trying not to do i root for the islanders now because i'm a traitor i guess even though i grew up in manhattan uh i moved to queens for like three years and i started rooting for why? like the long island this teams cut out but why i just love <laughs> <laughs> nobody's gonna care about this but uh I don't know. I just loved uh, love living in Queens. Mm -hmm. Brooklyn's great. Nothing against Brooklyn, but like 
I moved to Queens. I moved there with my with my future wife at the time. We, you know, it was the first place we like moved in together. It was like our, you know, we had our life and our apartment, and it just felt like, um, you know, homey and uh, like a place. Like we still say, like if we ever moved back to New York, we'd move to Queens. To Astoria, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it like Astoria. It's like Actoria. They called it. I love it. Well, but yeah, I, uh, yeah. I just, I just decided, yeah, I'm going to root for these. These sort of, you know, it became underdog your home team. team. Yeah, I love that though. Home I'm team, a fierce yeah. believer. All these people move here, and they have their teams. But you also live in Los Angeles, right? So get on board. Yeah. yeah, I don't buy this whole no. I'm a diehard forever. This I'm like, yeah, I respect that, but you live here. Grow yeah. some roots. Yeah, like don't. That's just very be true. I never thought a- I'd be a Rams fan. I, I don't think I will be Rams. either. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's great. Yeah, yeah. I can't root for the Chargers because uh, my my uncle lives in San Diego. Who's very very disappointed when they move. Yeah, yeah, my entire side of the family are such big Charger fans. Oh, really? Yeah, but they From live in Orange Sandy? County, so oh, they're yeah. like, okay, we could go either way. Right, yeah. yeah. yeah that's <laughs> like living in Connecticut, and you can root for, like, the Yankees mm-hmm. or the Red Sox. Like, some people root for the Red Sox, live in Connecticut. It's dumb. Um, I root <laughs> for the Mets. <laughs> Mighty Ducks was kind of a big movie for me when I, when I was a kid. I played, I played hockey. Oh, cool! Played pee wee hockey in New York, and we were all pretty into that movie. Um, and actually, our team was sort of like the Mighty Ducks in the movie. Like You're before, like they're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we were really bad, yeah. and uh, so was I. But I stuck with it for a few years. But you can and, ice skate. Uh, I learned how to skate. Could you skate before you did that? I could a little bit, yeah. but they sent us to like a month-long camp oh, before wow. we started shooting. It was crazy. Well, like, really fun. Yeah, cool. And then Ducks is, I feel, I guess it's a comedy, but I just have never actually thought about the acting craft in that movie. Because um, I was just a kid too. who was just having so much fun. Like, what has happened? Yeah. And uh, I had a hard time focusing on that movie, I think, because I was a young girl with like many boys. <laughs> and, right. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is fantastic. And had a great time just like, what are you listening to? How do how do we get along? What are you like? Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, so many, I mean, some great actors in there. In yeah. that group. Wonderful. Like Joshua Jackson Josh, was um, always amazing. Yeah, and I related to his character because he had the whole like his dad wasn't around thing, and mm-hmm. Estevez comes in. Yeah. Which, by the way, in Mighty Ducks too, uh, Estevez not with Joshua Jackson's mom anymore. Yeah, I think there was like a thing. I can't remember the specifics, but like someone at the studio wanted that changed. Hmm. We can't have him committed to a you know in a I relationship. I think and it being was, a had good something to do with figure. red hair or something. I was really? like an arbitrary thing. Oh, yeah. Like I can't remember the specifics, but I do remember it being like super weird like that. And as a kid, you do not understand what's going on and you're there. Like yeah. what? I don't. And where to have the team go? Try explaining that to a bunch of kids. <laughs> and us all being like, we're, you have to then go, well, nobody's better than anybody else. Like there was all mm-hmm. these conversations with the kids and see, seeing kids later in life and being like, is it cool? Like, I don't know. We didn't know what was going on. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, kids in grown-up situations. Yes. <laughs> There's no chance I'll ever get cast in a hockey movie. It's I've been never sk- say never. I've been skating my whole life and I still can't even stand up. Oh. It's ridiculous. Well, you didn't have to be able to skate. They wanted actors who they taught to skate rather than yeah. you know, the other way around. Yeah, well, that's fair. Yeah, they're not usually looking for the uh for like the hockey players who they're gonna teach uh, how to act. Yeah. They want people to know how I'm to do that. I'm really just emphasizing how bad I am at ice skating. Oh, sorry. It's, I missed that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I missed that. Right. I want to give you encouragement. If you want to be in a hockey movie, you can to be, believe yeah. in you. yourself. You. No, my you wife tries be, to encourage me to, to like get on Coach them. Bombay, She's very elegant. Man. Yes. Coach Bombay. He couldn't skate. He, really? Couldn't no. skate at all? No. It was delightful. Well, I guess it was like the tallest at the beginning of the ducks. And by the end, I was the shortest because I stayed the same height and all the boys went through puberty. <laughs> right. But I always stayed taller than Emilio. And that felt good because he also couldn't skate. 
Um, <laughs> but he didn't put in the time. He just hung out a bit. And yeah. like, he was you know, hanging. He was, he was so coming cool off of, and yeah. So, such an adult at 30. I mean, I, I watched it recently and he has a, he has a line where he says he's 30 and I'm now older than 30 for those listening. And it was just so shocking. I thought he was so grown up and to think 30 yeah, is I nothing. Want, yeah. 30 is sort of retirement age for a lot of sports. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I'm above 30 myself at this point. And it's like, there are very few things in life, like professions that you can't do much like after the age of 30 it's pretty crazy luckily acting is not one of those all the way to the grave all the way <laughs> we <laughs> bought the ticket we're taking mm -hmm. the ride so the next movie i saw around that time that I definitely saw when it came out in the theater was queen of the damned mm. sort of uh, a classic in my mind of Capturing a very specific time, like late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, there's a real style. 90s feel to that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like early, you know, it's like 2003, I yeah. think, right? And, or that's when it came out. But yeah. that's coming like back in the 90s or like back in. Yeah. There's no avoiding it. It's <laughs> Which back. Which is weird. Really? The 90s For are people back? who grew up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean you're wearing wise. flannel. What, what do you mean? You're, this is 90s? <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like fashion Everything wise, from like, high school is people like, look like they're in the Matrix yeah. and like the Stacked those black heels, uh, lace choker like necklaces. Dark my vampy lipstick that I insisted on wearing everywhere, including probably in Queen of the Damned. <laughs> right. yeah. um, that yeah. my mom was always like, "Why are your lips so dark?" I'm like, I just yeah. like it, mom. Yeah, basically for people who don't know, which is everybody, because it's a famous movie, but uh, it's based on Anne Rice, mm -hmm. who wrote Interview with the Vampire, and it's like rock and roll vampire movie. Yeah. Basically Dracula. He comes back. He becomes a rock star immediately. The Tom Cruise character? From mm -hmm. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But this know. is played by Stuart uh, Townsend. So he's a rock star by day, he's famous. And at night, there's a recurring thing. Right. He has right. to eat. Yeah. So they bring him groupies. Yeah. They bring him okay. two, two women. His manager gets him to it and uh, totally accepted. He just, he kills them. And that's it. You know, like the, this is the lead, the male lead of the film, you know? I mean, that. that Nobody blinked an eye. No. No. That's okay. Yeah. They're. Right. They're groupies. They want it. Rock stars have they groupies. Want it. But that's how they, they, yeah. they said it. I think it's in the film that way. Like, they're like, we're good. They're, they they actually say on camera, we're totally into this. And this oh. is what we want. And in fact, that's actually the journey of my character right. the whole time is like, oh come on, come on, come on. Come on. I think I'm part, I'm, I'm of you guys. Let's yeah. go, you know. Yeah. I, the, yeah, I think I you say justification because I had an aunt who's actually an ancient vampire. She was a, so a great. I'm not, I'm just a groupie. Uh, yeah. I just used the, that to get in the door. The great Lena Olin. Oh, she was incredible. She is. Yeah. I mean, and then uh, Aaliyah shows up, who's like, you know, who's not a fan of her? She's great. She's a legend. Did you work with her at all? Was she around? <laughs> what, was, <laughs> uh, what was Aaliyah like? If you, I think um, she was like. Uh, Learning to be an actor um, yeah. who was really into it. And I think she had been doing something else and did a ton of work um, with movement and voice to really try to bring a difficult character to life, especially in the confines of like a budget and, you know, whatever um, special effects at that time. Right. Yeah. So we had like the the people from Moulin Rouge and the people from the matrix doing like the wire work and the costumes and the makeup. And it was very exciting because we were shooting in Australia. So we were like, all right, so we're going to have like visually like the coolest thing we could possibly think of. And they're going to have the crazy flying and it all kind of looks very nineties. Like when you yeah. watch the movie now, totally like equilibrium, like that movie. Did you ever see that? No, oh yeah. I, I didn't yeah. see that Equilibrium movie. matrix, yeah. all stuff from like the Hong Kong 
yeah. action movies, cool like the wire great. tricks they were doing. Yeah, yeah. I was Very so cool. excited, and I couldn't do anything on them. I was like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. and you just get so stuck, and yeah. you feel ridiculous. And no yeah. one would, cool. you yeah. know, my character doesn't get to become a vampire until, like, the, right, till the very end. end. Yeah. So still, I'm also human. Like, it's very humiliating. There's all these cool people <laughs> with supernatural powers. But she, she was just, she had, like, an immense amount of grace for her age and maturity that was quite striking and kind of shocking. Um, and she had her whole family there and was recording her album at night while she was working all day. And so she basically kind of just slept a lot, but was very nice. And like, you could hang and, you know, I hung with her while she was doing her photos for like her cover of her album. And she's like, come down and hang out. And it was like a completely different world. And, she was very open with all of that, but definitely had like a magical quality about her that makes her perfect for that role. Yeah, I thought she did a great job. They had to totally. bring her brother in to do ADR to kind of help mix her voice with his. Oh, wow. Which I thought was very nice of him to do. I mean, they were such a close family. He was there the whole time. Wow. Um, and we actually hung a lot together. So it was just shocking that, that everything happened with how she passed the way it did, that they weren't together, that she, it was, I remember being in New York and like looking at her album, the cover was like um, kind of animated and she was like on a bike or something. And it was like yeah. bright poppy colors, like pinks and oranges and stuff. And it was on, it was everywhere in New York and just being on the phone and like literally seeing it and just having like a, like what, you didn't, I didn't really have anybody close to me who had passed before. So it mm -hmm. just, you know, you go into something and people are telling you, oh, this is going to be this, it's going to be this. And you're like, really? Is this going to, and then that. And then you're like, now what, what happens in the world? Like, you, yeah. in terms of like the world of the movie that you made. And she was set up to be in the new Matrix. It was like a. Right. I had deal. totally, yeah. I totally like she forgot was really, about that. But I remember hearing yeah. that at the time. Yeah. It's a I mean, tragic story. It was very yeah. surreal also to be doing a movie that's, I mean, it's not about death, but it has such dark tones. And you're like, yeah. oh. But we were down there for like six months in Australia doing this this thing. And it just seemed like that you were on these like huge adventures, like, you know, just coming out of college. Like, it's like so grown up in so many ways. Yeah, but yet I'm like running around in like a corset and, you know, hanging off of a building. Was that the film that you kind of transitioned out of just doing comedy? Because I noticed like in, earlier in your career, you did the the Disney films. And then I think the first thing I saw you in was Wet Hot American Summer, which I found because I was a big mm -hmm. fan of the state. Yeah, I MTV. fell into that on accident. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I was doing mostly, I see, I guess in high school, I was doing mostly like um, multicam and a little bit of drama here and there. But I imagine the Wet Hot American Summer Shooting that was probably kind of like a similar group kind of fun thing, Yeah, right? but they were older. They were like right, 10 older. years older than me because um, I did a pilot with Bradley Cooper and um, and I went to New York to see him in his like final production at the New School, which was The Elephant Man. And he said, you know, I just booked this thing. You should check it out. They don't have one of their characters yet. And I was like, oh, I'm leaving tomorrow. Let's see. If I get the sides and if they're funny, then are, you know, if I connect to it all, maybe I'll change my ticket. And I think my agent at that time still concedes, I was still sending you that material. It wasn't that. But um, it was so funny that I ended up, you know, going in the next day for that. So I didn't have improv experience, but I was like, yeah, I know what improv is. Like I watched all the cool kids in high school. And college do improv. I know. Yes, and sure. If we do the, and then it was a full script. Yeah. So I was like, well, we're not improving. And none of Wet Hot, like all the stuff we've done, all the series, it's all written. And then at different moments, they'll like be like, go back on that line. All right, say this line, say this line. And, you know, it's kind of that. Or like Amy will come in and be like, do it once how it's written. And, or Paul Rudd and come in and just, totally do it different the second and third time or something like that. But I did the comedy in that, but I, I didn't read the whole script before I got up there. So all my stuff is pretty straight, except the final monologue, which is very, how would you describe it? Like, so, 
a left field. It's, like it comes yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, and no, it's it, most so of the great. comedy it's is such it's a really funny, yeah, satisfying thing. thing. Like trying yeah, to find the so tone great. on that on the callback. Yeah. Mm. After you read the material, I like read one other part, and they're like, "No, no, no, you read this part. This is this is who I think you are." And I was like, "Great, see, this is great. We're reading it. You're playing the part. Like, yeah. Let's just do it." And he's like, "Come back for the for the producer and do this monologue." I'm like in Washington Square Park, like, oh, "What?" <laughs> I mean, I could go this way with it. I could go this way, yeah. you know. But um, right. in terms of transitioning drama comedy it's kind of like whatever comes yeah yeah well yeah and you're an actor that can do that it can transition between both and there's there are other actors like that in wet hot american summer uh christopher maloney i mean you know, he's so funny man okay so i mean he can be not funny but very not he, funny yeah did you see him in pose scared the yeah. living crap out of oh, me i haven't seen that yet first saw him on the show oz oh yes i was not allowed to watch that and then when i could choose to watch that i was not allowed to watch that yeah, yeah, yeah. seems very scary it's very scary he's been so funny in, in so many things and then yeah like a million seasons of uh <laughs> svu yeah. or uh, law and order and you know serious he plays the that cop yeah he's a, he's very good as well so i asked about the, the transition today i i woke up and uh first thing i watched helter skelter again oh that's one of my favorite jobs ever i'll bet yeah, that. so cool. Well, you said you had been going down like a Manson Oh, big time. Pole. Right. So I saw the Tarantino. I think so this happened good. to a lot of people. Like they, I had never cared about this. Oh, so this brought you in. I didn't know anything. Yeah. I knew the basics. I knew three people. Manson wasn't there. Yeah. I knew Sharon Tate. And, uh, Did you read the Vincent Bugliosi book? The only thing I haven't read. Oh, it's the best. Really? I think it is. That was like my Bible. Really? Yeah. He was a producer on the show or like a, he just made himself available. If you wanted to ask any questions. So I was like, where are the transcripts from you interrogating her, deposing her? Yeah. He's like, oh, I got the tapes. And he had them messengered over to my house two days before I shot all the stuff. And I literally like auditioned. And then they had this huge long period where they did not decide. And I'm like, I have to keep working on this because if I get this, they're going to do something like that. And this is not like a walk in the park character for me. Right. So I just kept working on it, working on it, working on it. And then the second they said yes, they were like, we're shooting in two days. You're shooting all the stuff in the prison, all the stuff on the stand first. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And oh, so he sent those over, but I was ready. It was great. And he was just, just had a lot of information. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's the most knowledgeable, really. Played by the great Bruno Kirby yeah. he was in, cool. the, yeah, in the Yeah, I know. Movie. No, I read all the, I read The Family. I read, um, I read I'm reading the Diane Lakes book right now. And uh, it's just, I find Manson to be the least interesting of all those people. Yeah. I mean, the kids came from such a um, affluent backgrounds and were sort of like broken. Yeah. And then there's so much, so much drug use that I yeah. don't think people were really aware of. Like I agree. Rampant everyday acid, mushrooms, pregnancy. Every day. Yeah. How did you prepare to play? I, I honestly, I want to say that I, having seen everything, I think you play her better than anyone has. I mean, it's my favorite interpretation. Thank you so much. You're Watching welcome. the Tarantino thing, I started to get possessive <laughs> when, when the Sadie showed up, and I'm like, "What? Are you insane? That was like ten years ago." I'm like, "I have a lot of feelings about this," <laughs> and it was so great, and I felt like he does what he does so well, and I'm like the biggest fan, and. Um, it was weird. He shot in the same place we shot. So it all felt like I knew it. It was for the house or the spawn ranch, the spawn ranch. Where was that? Um, it's like North of here by Santa Clarita kind of. Hmm. Cause the old Dude. spawn ranch is now a state park. So this I think was like where, just where we shot yeah. this. So, and I don't think it exists anymore. Yeah. It looked exactly the same. Maybe it wasn't the same. <laughs> That's true. I, I did notice too. Yeah. The houses look yeah. the same, the dirt, path everything it was creepy insane. Insane. but in terms of preparing oh. um so you know cinephile um cinephile it was like on santa monica at the floral five it was like a video store yes so they have an exceptional or had an exceptional collection in this department on manson some weird documentaries news footage um, conspiracy stuff. Like I even read, um, Susan Atkins book. My mom was paranoid. I'd go see her in prison. I'm like, mom. Did you? No. Oh. I don't even know if that would be allowed by the, the 
the prisons. And Maybe. I mean, have you seen Mindhunt? Oh, no, they're FBI. I'm like, everybody's going to visit everybody. Did you see that? Heck yeah, oh, I yeah. loved it. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, Damon Harriman's. Yeah, but again, it's not interesting compared to all the other characters that are interviewed on that show. Right. You know too much about Manson. You know his tics. You know, it. he killed it and you're still like, meh. Yeah. I, I don't feel anything because... I think because there's too much of Elvis about him. Like there's too much of a lore. He can't get into the human. I, I thought what was really interesting is that he played him twice. He played him in Quentin's movie and then he played him on the show, but it's such a different interpretation. I didn't even remember. And I didn't even see them that far apart. Yeah. Me I had to look it up and then I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> but, but the guy in mm. Helter Skelter did, did a damn Jeremy good Davies. job. Yes. Yeah. He Jeremy did a great Davies job. Is, yeah. I've been in so much. He's so been a lot cool of great things. stuff. Yeah, and go go rent Helter Skelter. That's a good movie. Yeah, it came out like I think something happened, maybe Columbine or something very violent happened, and CBS pulled it, and so mm. it kind of came out later. There wasn't as much of a support behind what I thought was a really nice piece of work for a lot of reasons, but mostly because it was so fun to play and to do. I mean, I think too. When you get to play a character that has just is is decided certain things pretty hard the way she has, you're kind of free because mm. nothing you can do or any choice you make is wrong because she has her dogma. She has her 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 permission to be to just be as bright as you want to be. So it felt like it was super fun. Yeah. I mean, you have that great moment with um, Sharon Tate. She's on the cat, you know, she's on the phone. She's like, save the, you know, she's like, take the baby because, you know, try to save mm. the baby. And you're like, I, you know, oh, the way you say that, I got no chills. mercy for you. What was the line again? I have you're no like, mercy you're like, for you, bitch. You're like, I'm so, what? Yeah. Well, no, that's not what that's the feeling. <laughs> that's, <not the line. laughs> that's what, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. That's what you're saying. Did, it's like the I subtext. Think- you're like, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I can't. You're like, I'm sorry. So it's intimate, you know, so it's really. There's a great director on that named John Gray. He's like a real New York guy, but like very soft spoken. And he was able to like kind of provide a really nice environment to find both the heightened crazy energy of that, those choices. And then um, that those people made. And then also kind of where you could connect them to each other, like to, to people. Yeah. What we were all trying to do. Because, you know, it's like there's lots of wigs and there's lots of the time period and it's a television miniseries. So you're trying to give it as much truth as possible, given right. your creativity box. That's what I call it. Like, what are we allowed to use instead of being mad at it? How best can we use this stuff and not, you know, make the best project? Well, you only had two days really to prepare, you said, right? But I'd been preparing the whole month before in case oh, right. I got the part. Like it was one of those ones where I could not let it go. And I just had a, I had an instinct yeah. like just in case, because you, you really did such a good thing audition and you know, it's like a thing about, they want someone maybe on a list and maybe that won't work out, Yeah, <laughs> but you're like right. who they emotionally connected to for the role. So yeah. And I like source material. Like I love going off of books. I think um, I did Runaway Jury and I had read the book like a year or two before and was obsessed with it. And I hadn't read a ton of John Grisham. I just connected to that one so big. And then I remember Matthew McConaughey came out in the the one with Sandra Bullock, Time to Kill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I carried that Vanity Fair cover of Matthew McConaughey all through Europe and it might be pasted in my photo book because I, he was so magnetic looking, obviously loved him from dazed and confused, but they got the, the feel of the book, right. In that movie. And when you can, as a reader, that's like my one hobby. If you can get the book, right. And that's also why I love Vincent's book. I felt like I I could see what he was saying Mm -hmm. for Elder Skelter. Um, I just love it as a guide, as an actor, just yeah, so yummy and juicy. But yeah, it's such a rich uh, world to pull from when you have a book. Like you know, your character is not just a series of uh, lines that you say. It's you know, 
You have their story, their behavior, their all. environment. Yeah. yeah. I actually yeah. started writing a book based on the, the rabbit hole, said rabbit hole. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, it's interesting. I didn't, I didn't really know what I wanted my connection to be to it or what I was trying to discover, but I started just writing these little thumbnail um, passages told from the point of view of each of the family members and they recur about three or four times. And it's almost like, like little spoon rivers that I'm doing like little, um, do you ever read spoon river or, um, some Eisner thing. Yeah. It's okay. uh, they're self-contained little passages, each told from the point of view of one character that sort of gives you the, um, essence of, oh, of the character, No, but I'm yeah. doing it and I'm like, I don't know where it's going. I know it all takes place at spawn. Uh-huh. I don't want to cover any of the murders. I don't want to talk uh-huh. about any of that stuff. I just, what interests you most about them right now? I don't know. I mean, part part of it was learning about it and then just in what I read, feeling that what was portrayed in Helter Skelter was just so improbable. Like, I just don't think it was that complex. I don't think he had that big of a plan. I think he they were just drugged out and paranoid and did and some- And revved up. I yeah. think he psyched them up into that. I agree. Act. Yeah. Well, when you when you're at a time where parents were casting kids out as a like disciplinary measure, you know, if you don't cut your hair, you're a long hair, or you believe in the principles of peace and love and all these things. People were trying to breathe a little bit. Um, When you just send them out of the house, that's a very vulnerable situation. I mean, right. you get welcomed when you're cast out and you have no money. You, you're people that have loved you the most your whole life um, and have provided for you in a way that has been very comfortable, have cut you off. That's very, very scary. You're so ripe to be taken advantage of. Absolutely. And so needy, um, especially too, because that was probably, if that's the kind of thing your parents did, that's not the first time that they've behaved that way. You've right. had a series of things so i think that's what drew me to it as well is like we can't neglect because we don't like what they're doing the kids like, right and most of them were not killers most of them were not involved in that yeah i mean there were so many people and i'm reading diane lake's book right now and you know she became ultra conservative i don't know ultra but on the conservative side later in life i think she was like a bank vp and um, she writes her memoirs and it's you don't think about this side of it I mean, she was 14 when she ended up with them and her parents gave her a note in which she said, yeah, you have permission to go live with this family. Cause they had become, you know, societal dropouts and hippies and moved from like Michigan mm-hmm. to Venice beach. And, um, they were living in this, I, I think it was, they were living on wavy gravies mm-hmm. commune. And he's from the Grateful Dead, right? No, he's connected to the, yeah, yeah, but no, but he's, it was like a personality. It's like one of these 60s personalities. They kicked her off the commune because she's jailbait effectively. And her parents went along with it. And then she went, she found, you know, a a real welcoming group of people, you know, the time and uh, felt very close to them and connected. (laughs) But in hindsight, she's like, Jesus, she she had no idea the extent to which she was being taken advantage of. Because she's like, 14. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the very thing that the hippie movement stood for, love and taking care of that part of us that's that's about love and possibility and youth and, you know, enjoying a life, the very thing that was corrupted by Manson. Right? Well, I think that's what yeah. Tarantino gets so right in the movie. For me, it's like a love letter to the 60s. Yeah. You know, that incident... Uh, incidents like like changed everything the romance of the film in the 60s like he yeah. took it back with that um movie i yeah. really appreciated that yeah it was great it was just a nice <laughs> dose of revenge as well so good it was so intense that in the moment i'm like why why and obviously it's for revenge um it did, took me a while I, you get so engrossed by that point of yeah. the movie um but yeah so great yeah yeah like the two least likely guys to save, you know, to avenge the sixties, <laughs> the two, you know, Morons. the macho actor and the, uh, he's you know, so good the, in this man. The stunt yeah. man. Like both of them, yeah. both They're of them. They're both great. Yeah. So fantastic. I don't think there's a bad performance in it. Not it was either. just fantastic. No. Everybody. And so much yeah. acting in it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like, many acting scenes. Right. That scene in the trailer, I literally oh, so was like, great. would this be an audition scene if it wasn't Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> was, How was, would you do this? Oh my God. I was dying laughing seeing that. Having been. I was you know, dying and crying and have, at the same time. I'm like, I know. <laughs> no, you're totally. Yeah. yeah. Like you're right there. Yeah. If you know, if you know, you know, that's the thing. You know, it's like what Jane there. Fonda says. In her uh, memoir, which is so fantastic, she says, there are those days, the crying days, mm -hmm. and yeah. you just feel like it's dark except for the, the set. And they're just like watching you walk. Will she pull it off or will she not? <laughs> I just laugh so much for her to articulate that at the top of her field, the, the feeling of pressure you put on yourself or how you talk to yourself or talk yourself out of pressure to be vulnerable enough to make something honest is tricky and yep. it doesn't always work the same way. Yeah. And it's so funny in, in once upon a time in Hollywood, when he, you're so, I don't, I don't want to say you are, but I was so sad. Leo is like doing this great take and then he can't remember a line and it's so humiliating and how he behaves. And as an actor, I'm like, Oh God, don't be that actor. I thought you were going right. to be, Oh fuck. Don't be that actor. Don't do that. And then he then yeah. is so good later that you're just like, Oh, victory. Yeah. I'm doing goalposts <laughs> no, go. right now. Yeah. If you can't see me, just goal so yeah. thrilled yeah. that he is able, it just from the point of view of, of it's my profession. <laughs> like, oh God. Right. Like if you've yeah. experienced that, you know, what it is to flub a line or go up on a line in a take and you know, which is like, fine, but how you handle doing you, it. Yeah. Is, you waste more time by, you know, yeah. apologizing profusely and take changing the whole. Everybody gets energy. embarrassed yeah. immediately. Like, Shut <laughs> just up. Just Stop talking. Just, just, just go back. Yeah. That's so what just happened to me funny. in my scene class. Yeah. I'm relating to it. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first time that it happened to me. I, I didn't have the lines. Isn't I, that hard? I thought I had the lines. Time for yeah. everyone. It, I, What'd we, you do? We were doing Let Us Be Gay. Mm -hmm. And this um, it's a scene, it, all of the scenes are kind of like that. It's like the husband cheats and the wife kicks him out and it's just a fight. And just didn't, I, I found the dialogue very difficult because it was colloquial and, and just, it was like one word, mm -hmm. you know, like, huh, you know, wait this and then you know there would be passages but we didn't have it and um i got really mad and the teacher's like use can you use that for the scene for the real thoughts because he's big on the you using your real thoughts mm -hmm. and i'm like he's like does it fit the scene to come in using your Start real where anger? you're at right yeah now. yeah and then i did that and he felt it was better i felt it was a complete abject failure but he was like no you learned something and do you think looking back that when you look at the lines that you dropped were they important to the scene? Yes. How important? In in terms of communicating the plot, what had happened, why she was kicking me out. Like a big part of the objective of the scene, yeah. possibly? Yeah. Lost a Usually lot what we lose, I find, what I lose is the biggest, juiciest, the most important thing because it's the hardest to put in your body because it's the biggest. So you mm. can get everything else. But when you're dropping something, nine times out of ten, it's going to be the main Absolutely. The main heft of it. Absolutely. Never so happened humbly. to me before. Yeah. It will never yeah. happen again because I learned my lesson. Learn your lines. <laughs> it will. Well, but. Yeah. It's part of life. I mean, you know. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It's okay. No, I'm hard on myself. Yeah. I'm notorious for that. You're on the journey. You're on the journey. Yeah. Well, I am enjoying the journey. Well, never say much. never. I know. You're right. You're right. <laughs> no, yeah. We're going to do yeah, something. You have to have a lot of forgiveness, self-forgiveness, which is one of the reasons I like this. It's helped me cultivate that. Yeah, it's a problem for me. Yeah. yeah. Working on it. Well, good that you're an actor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it makes me become a better person. Oh, it's enormously therapeutic. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Yeah. And it's, it's been that way. It's, it's so selfishly wonderful. Yeah. 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 It was also Meisner, Sanford Meisner. He said, there's a documentary about him and, uh, one of his, they do an exercise and one of his students says, it was fun. It was fun. And he said, he leans in and, and says, Shh, that's the secret. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Don't yeah. tell anybody. It's fun. Uh, well, speaking of acting, uh, you know, that school and mm -hmm. all that, uh, you're in Runaway Jury mm -hmm. based on the John Grisham novel. Mm -hmm. It was just on moments you're, before you walked in. Your scene I partner. Yeah, we were cramming. <laughs> thanks for thanks for revealing that. No, yeah, your your scene partner 
It was is great, Gene Hackman. Great school in that movie. of yeah. acting. Who is like, again, great audition. They want Bridget Monaghan. I'm like, what? She's like a model. She hadn't even, I don't even think, done Sex in the City. And she wouldn't do it because it wasn't a big enough part. And I was like, hell yeah. yeah. And I remember when I went to meet the director, he was like, oh, you're very young. Oh. And I was like, yes, this is a problem. <laughs> I'll be great. I promise. Yeah. And, um, and it was like, we took over New Orleans. The cast was huge. And it felt like you were actually like, because we were there for six weeks, that you were like living in the town because we were all kind of just in the French Quarter running into people um, like you would if you lived in an actual place. So that was great. But Mr. Hackman. Yeah. Mm. What was that like? He was like a consummate professional, not a chatter. And Mm. I'm a bit social. (laughs) We figured it out. Um, mostly, <laughs> we figured it out right away because I said, oh, he, uh, how did you start acting? He's like, well, I was in the Korean War. And, oh, my grandfather was in the Korean War. And he just looked at me and I was like, bing, bing, with my little eyelashes. He's like, oh, I love you, kid. Phew. So I didn't have to pretend to be anything other than what I was. It was already pretty nerve wracking with like John Cusack. I had never really gotten like starstruck before. And I didn't think I would until we were in the same room and he kept looking at me and I was like, Oh, fuck. Oh, Lloyd Dobler. Oh, I'm in so much trouble. Oh, here he comes. And he's like, hi, welcome to set. And I'm like, hi. Oh my gosh. You look so much like my brother. And I was like, Oh, not smooth. But his eyelashes really do look just like my brother's. Just Cusack. my charm comes out of how nerdy I can be. Um, but You're then he was sort of like, Oh, I see. I look like your brother. Talk to you later. I was like, probably better i can't handle you you're like six five tall drink of water i can't speak is he six he's five, six, five really? he's huge gentleman and i am five two so it was much different but going back to mr hackman he said so i was in the korean war and then i just wanted to meet girls he like i think joined when he was really young or something and so i was like oh okay and <laughs> then so this was all in the back of the 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 courthouse like or the courtroom like gene and i sit in the back for hours on end chatting or me listening to him or watching anything he does he has like a a notebook that his um his stand-in who is also his stunt double hands him whenever he asks for it and he has all his lines on white pieces of paper without any description just typed out so he just folds through them. Is that a Meisner thing? That's kind of a thing that the Meisner teachers talk about. Our teacher says, says you, know, you know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, they, uh, they say, they say you should take out all the stage directions, take out all the punctuation. Yes, exactly. Shouldn't do that. Most actors, <laughs> that's what he said. He goes, most of you shouldn't do that <laughs> because you know what? They might help you. You yes. might learn something it, that, that they're in there for a reason. But if you're a great actor, you're a great actor like Chris Walken, like Gene Hackman, you got a good breakdown, breakdown, mm-hmm. you know, you break mm-hmm. down the scene, mm-hmm. you figure what it, mm-hmm. what's it about, all that. Yeah. Got a good breakdown. Who am I? What don't do I need, want? don't need yep. that. You don't need to do that. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of his thing. And I've heard other teachers say that as yeah. well. I agree with that in plays. I don't agree with that in screenplays. I think the, the one of the most amateurish things you see in scripts is when every line has a parenthetical under it describing how to say it. And I'm like, you just cross all those out. Yeah. It's like, you're not going to go back to that. Went, oh, well, you know, cut, hold on. You know, you're supposed to say this lucidly. They do, though, in certain projects, like a lot of TV, if there's a really strong um, showrunner writer, yeah. I've had like calls between takes to wherever they are and whatever really? state they live in. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Or like dot, dot, dot and exact line. And I mean, I respect the writing. I always try to make it word perfect because, you know, the word word is God. Sure. It's right. a job of us. We're supposed to make those words happen, not our own interpretation. Right. Of right. I, I, I was in a commercial audition and one of the actors was like, um, is it okay if I change a bit, if I say something? Yeah. Yeah. Because even then, it's like, no, this is the, it's the copy. This is the thing. So, yeah, the word is important for sure. Maybe, did you have something else you want to go to right now? Because this might be my opportunity. This is your opportunity. Okay. You should take it. All right. 
So, Ken, <laughs> you were in a movie that I think is like, it's all about that. It's like so about it. It's this great examination of what a movie is, what actors are doing, like how you make a film, why you make a film. So this movie's called Stress Position. (laughs) (laughs) And I think people should go out, not go out, stay in, use your smart TV and rent this movie, which is free to stream. I think it's on Amazon. Shout out Amazon. They really need our promotion. (laughs) Um, No, like, uh, yeah. So this movie is directed by A.J. Bond. Bond. And the cinematography produced is by Amy Belling. And A.J. and Amy have a really cool production company and did some projects with Jamie Travis, who worked with my husband, Chris Redman. So I, when I was first dating Chris, he had a couple of shorts at the Pompidou in Paris. And I was like, excuse me, what? And he's like, a musical. And I'm like, excuse me, what? If you know my husband, musical is not what you think. Um, Not that he can't do it, obviously, but it just not what you think. (laughs) Anyway, um, so I said, I must see these musical films from the Pompidou. And um, I must see more of these, um, what these people have done. And and, um, there's a couple other projects that I saw and became so enamored of their aesthetic. And I think he met them because he went in Vancouver to a student film festival and saw the projects and was like, really like this one. I got to go meet these people. And a relationship was born. And so I met Amy Belling at down here somewhere out and about and was like, Oh, I'm dying to work with you guys. And she said, well, I'll let you know if we have something. And her and AJ made this project together and said, would you come up to Vancouver and do it with us. So yeah. it all just started from like crushes, work crushes. Yeah. Like you're cool. And I like how you think and I love your tone and your visual sensibility. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, I don't want to even say too much about it, but <laughs> this is a film that if I'm going to stand here and, you know, this is a hill, this film is a hill that I am willing to die on because I think it is actually saying something pretty important mm. and very interesting. So it's like, it's about, a f- it's it starts and you, you meet these two guys and one's a director and the other guy's his friend who's an actor in his movie. The director who's played by the director of the movie, he- um, First acting role was, I believe, very nervous, but did quite well. Well, really, he didn't act but no, you that. get that. You get that in the beginning, like mm-hmm. when he when he's talking. I was like, so there's this shot, it's opening shot. They're shot in profile. It's like don't. That's like not usually the first shot of your movie is two people in profile. There's you know I don't know film school stuff that doesn't matter <laughs> that says you shouldn't do that or whatever. But so they're talking to each other, and I'm like. They seem like two guys who are making a student film. They seem like they're, you know, they've set out to do some weird experiment movie that, you know, you don't know what it's going to be. And there's this agreement that gets made between them that uh, one of them can't be in jail, uh, like being tortured for seven days without giving up some money. They basically make a bet. There's a pact made. And... It's talking to these issues about uh, uh, torture, yeah. like an actual issue, an actual so- issue, a social issue. Are you, do you think torture works or not? Yeah. And these two friends are basically testing that out on each other. Okay. <laughs> That's cut everything I just said out <laughs> except for that. Great, <laughs> these so two guys, <laughs> there's a bet about whether torture works uh, or not. Okay. Uh, so, and, but from there, it becomes much more like they start to let you in that there's a film being made here and the lines between reality and this world, this world that you think is a fantasy in the film become very blurred. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like it goes from being this uh, fictional narrative movie into a documentary. Mm. Um, 
And it starts to become about filmmaking instead Mm -hmm. of these two friends trying to test out whether torture works on each other. And they start commenting on the making of the film that you thought you were watching. So like (laughs) there are lessons in there about acting, about making a film. Um, And these two guys that you meet in the beginning, their performances change as if they're like not as good actors in the beginning. And then by the end, they're given these really good, really emotionally real performances Mm -hmm. that are not there for their characters in the beginning. So they pull this trick on the audience that I've never seen before, which is, I don't think I question your, and we were just talking about, you know, the type of actor you want to set the talent, you know, uh, being an actor, like you watch a movie and you get a sense of the, the actor that someone is, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, what, what they can do emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the beginning of this movie, you think it's one thing, you think they're at one level. And by the end, you're like, Oh, these guys are really, these guys are a real deal. And as far as filmmaking is concerned too, they, they know a lot more than they let on right away. Right? So that's yeah. the cool thing about the movie, like which is why I'm I think like, it's, hmm. yeah. And I'm, I also have never seen, the director used the process of, of basically the acting process and integrated it into the narrative. It's the best way I can. I'm just embarrassed that I can't then be like, yes, because what we were discussing was this, <laughs> no. uh, because I can't remember. You, yeah. I mean, you, you're in your role in the movie, by the way. Sorry. Uh, I, I, but forget, I was like know. living at Amy's and going in every day yeah. and doing her taxes in the seat next really? to her when she goes in. I'm like, don't worry, don't worry. I got this. I got this. You know, we were there and then yeah. and together as they were building all of this. And it felt like from the beginning to the end, things started to get very blurred in the lines of relationships and uh, what was being asked of people and was it fair and is it real? And it kind of got a little messy there for a oh, bit. Oh, for real? Yeah. So Cause like, I think they asked David to stay overnight in the space. And then when he didn't, they were very, including me, very let down as an actor. I was like, but that's not so fun. And he was yeah. like, yeah, but I wanted a cup of coffee. And you're like, what? Like, oh come on, God. man. Yep. And, but he was having to go through the whole experience down there too. Oh my God. So that was wait very a interesting. Wait a minute. Yeah. So this movie is straight up like what it sort of, you know, I mean, In, I yes, imagine yes. that the idea was to do to do what they did yeah. very much like yes. from the well, beginning. You, it was yeah. You know, examining um, the you know, the making of a movie while it's, you know, disguised as something else. It like shit actually got kind of real like making it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> kind of messy. Everyone's all good. <laughs> well, sometimes you make yeah. a mess, you know. Yeah. I mean, certainly. I mean, if you think of anything, like if you're doing a play, like your mental state right before you go up, the last rehearsals is always like yeah. dark. Yeah. Like, is it, are we going to pull it off? <laughs> what have I got myself into? And yeah. every time you're like, this is what happens every time. I mean, back in New York, when I lived there, I certainly went through it like, throw all these people in a space together and make this, yeah, this sort of beautiful mess. You know, that's the objective. There's order to it and there are jobs that everyone has, but it's like this becomes this organic uh, living thing. You know, all these, it's like a, it's like Leviathan or the thing where, you know, hmm. the, 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 the one entity absorbs all these other, you know, <laughs> other people becomes this mutant thing, like in yeah. the last season of uh, Stranger Things or something. Yeah. This mutant made of all these in the, what were Couldn't once individual. individuals. Yes. Yeah. Giant parasite. Yeah. Um, and, and it's cool that way. And yeah, movies can be that. Some movies can be that way too. Yeah. What, uh, what are you working on now? Uh, finding a job. You know that? Excellent. You know that job? Yeah. I've heard of this. You're in very good company. Yeah, you know, that's the gig. You come home, you find more work and yeah. meet cool people and it almost goes and then it doesn't go. Yeah. i that. Like, will I do this? Will I do that? So, right on. just graciously pounding the pavement. 
Amazing. Yeah. Maybe going to another acting class soon. Really? Well, I just feel like it keeps you humming, keeps you working. It keeps you fresh and excited. And, you know, if you age out of certain roles, you can still play in acting class. You got to come to Jack's. Yeah, that would be great. It sounds fun. Yeah, Jack's. He comes back in January. Let me know. I will, for sure. That sounds fun. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for watching Stress Position. Oh, yes. (laughs) Go out and watch it. (laughs) 